0: Good morning, brothers and sisters. Welcome to another episode of the Innocence Redeemed podcast. My name is Ray Bergman, and today I'm going to talk about sort of a mix of things. I'm going to be talking about letting go and also the dangers of not letting go and why we should. I recently had done a blog on this, and I wanted to expand on that, and I felt that the best way to do that was to record a podcast on it because Last night I had a um, revelation on this where I was talking to a friend. I was telling him about those who are still clamoring for normalcy and how many are willing to go along with a lie in order to hold on to that normalcy. Now what we need to understand in the last days, and especially in the season we're going into, um, I was given a message recently where I was told that the white horse is riding. and the dangers of what's happening is that many are clamoring for the sense of normalcy in a sense that things are going back to the way that they were. He was all concerned about his movies and he was concerned about his sound system and saying, well, I want to get the best sound out of it and I want to have this and I want to have all these movies and, oh, my hard drive failed three times and I lost all my movies and I said, and I thought to myself, You know, maybe God's trying to get your attention. And I actually alluded to that when I talked to him. I said, maybe God's trying to get your attention. Perhaps he wants you to draw closer to him instead of spending so much time playing video games and watching movies. But I didn't go as far as saying that the way I should have. And then when I got done with the call, you know, I heard from the Lord in my spirit. He said, you could have told him, you you need to encourage him. You need to be teaching him these things because I mentioned what was coming. And he was asking me all these questions like, do we get to see God take vengeance? And do we get to see that? And do we get to do we get to see justice? And I said, why should you be concerned about that if you're no longer here? You're going to only be here to see that in the event that you're not doing what you should be doing now. And if we're clamoring on to normalcy in the sense that we're not spending time in the word and we consider ourselves a Christian and we're not abiding in him and we're not pulling close to him. What are we going to do when things get really bad? Those movies and that that home theater system, it's those things aren't going to matter when there's no electricity. Those things aren't going to matter when you're potentially on the run for your life. Those things are not going to matter when you need the provision of food. You don't want to be caught up in the last until the last minute not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You want to get a head start and have those Running shoes on for the race of endurance and that's where everything is going right now Now I know there's people out there who believe that, you know, none of these things are happening uh, You know, oh, we're not in the end days Or oh, I think things are gonna get better. Oh, there's gonna be justice God is merciful. He wouldn't do that to his children on the contrary. God's going to I believe allow these events as a means to save those people That he desires to save because we are approaching the time of lawlessness in fact we're already in it i mean you can look at the news all day long i mean eeny meeny miny mo pick your article of the day and you can easily see that the persecution is ramping up you know when you see citizen squads being put into place when you see laws being passed to spy on christians and to call them Radicals, even though they're just trying to mind their own business and go about their lives, you can clearly see those lines are being drawn right now. And in the last podcast I had covered that the shunning was starting and it was between that podcast and this one that I was told the white horse rides. And for the record, let's take a look at when the white horse rides. Revelation six starts out and says, and this is the King James version. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. So just that right there. You can see what's getting ready to happen with what I just got done saying. If they're passing laws, they're wanting to conquer that which is good. They want to conquer God's people. And... The Lord told me, Yes, son, they are coming for my people. And I wrote about that in my blog topic, The White Horse Rides. Then, when you look at the second seal in verse 4, and there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And then, when he opened the third seal, this is verse 5 going on, I heard the third beast say, Come and see, and I beheld. And lo, a black horse, and he sat on him, and had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. So what that translates to is, don't waste the food, because there's going to be a shortage. That shortage will lead to famine. And because of the conditions presenting themselves with the lawlessness, that famine is sure to take hold. And that's not including if there's any celestial or seismic events that occur during this time. You know, that's just what we see now on the surface with pipelines shutting down and rumors of electricity shortages. And, you know, when gas gets extremely high, which it's going there because they now they're having another problem, as I'm talking about this. When fuel prices get high and energy prices get high in an already fragile economy, that's going to cause the costs on everything to skyrocket. And people who are less fortunate aren't going to be able to afford it. You know, I told a dear brother of mine, I told him months ago, um, at the time he was blessed for his food pantry, and I said, you should go out now and stock up on what you need, because there's going to come a time where prices are going to be high. And perhaps that is for this time and perhaps maybe it's to cover the costs. But at the same time, if you wait, then you're risking things not being available and you know that goes back to the supply line if if inflation hits and things shut down if transportation shuts down it's going to get very very expensive to get food so that's one thing to keep in mind if these outages occur if there's another disease outbreak which there likely will be because when you have war and when you have insurrection taking place all over the place There's sure to be interruptions. There's sure to be chaos. And that's what the evil powers that be would like to have. They want as much chaos and confusion as possible. And they don't want people to have a way to be able to cover their needs. You know, It needs to be thought about how much are you willing to hold on to and how much are you willing to submit to in the sense that you're going to give up eternal life because you're going to betray your family for that food or you're going to turn somebody in because they deem them as a threat, even though they didn't even do anything. These are the precedents that are being set right now. And, you know, going back to my friend I was talking to last night, after I got off the phone, I heard um, the Lord tell me he wanted me to read 2 Timothy. You know, what the Lord told me when I was reading 2 Timothy was that you need to remind your friend and encourage him to do my will. Don't get caught up in what, they say, or don't get worried, that they're going to not like you, because you're going to suffer from doing my work. And in Second Timothy one, you know, Paul talks about in verse twelve, This is why I am suffering here in prison, but I am not ashamed of it, for I know the one who in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. And so the Lord is trusting his people to get the message out there, whether those times are favorable or not. You know, it says on the last day that There will be people who will only love themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. And I'm not saying that The person I was talking to is like that. They are a Christian. Um, They practice Catholicism. But growing up in Catholicism, I didn't feel that outside of what I learned in Sunday school really helped me. Um, I find that non-denominational churches have helped me the most. I learned more going to a Baptist church a long time ago when I lived in Florida, as far as the word being preached, because they actually go into it. And the preacher will tell you what it means. But there are many people who will act like they know what's going on, but yet they're still very much part of the world. They're still very much holding on to the things that they know as normal, using, you know, filthy language, you know, putting down others. And, you know, when I talk on the phone, I got to say that those kinds of things make me uncomfortable because I know where things are going and I believe in what I say and I know that what the Lord has told me. And this is why he told me to be encouraging and state the word not to allow myself to be caught up in the distraction of what's being said and i confess the sin of i don't want to sound judgmental like i am mr perfect over here because i'm not i have my faults as well you know i'm just like everybody else i'm like some you know i have my days too where i don't do as well you know i i get caught up in worry which is a sin in itself because it's a sign of unbelief and I have to remember to stand strong against that. But Timothy 4 verse 5 says, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. And it's all about finishing the race and remaining faithful. You know, verse 7 goes on to say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for those who eagerly look forward to his appearing. And that's um Second Timothy four, the New Living Translation. So we need to remember to stay focused on teaching the word to those who we may struggle with. And in part of Letting Go is we need to put emphasis on letting others know gently, you know, there's nothing important about that. You know, why are you caught up in movies? Why are you caught up in this? You know, what you need to do. And, and, and my friend has been having nightmares. But not, I don't even know if they're necessarily nightmares. He might be having some prophetic dreams because he's told me situations where he's escaping or he's protecting somebody. And I said, well, you know, it's very possible you are being shown something. And this could be one of the ways the Lord is desiring to draw you to him. And oftentimes when you return, like I did a few years ago, you start. For me, it did start. I was having dreams before I was actually hearing from the Lord in my spirit. Um, He was showing me things. And some were good and some were downright terrifying. Or at the time, I wasn't sure what they were. But for years before that, I had not had any dreams. Because when you're not living right, the Lord's not going to give you very much. Unless he gives you something to downright terrify you so you'll repent from your ways. And, you know, with my buddy, I didn't go as far as even saying, you're taking on a form of idol worship. Your movies have become your idols. That's taking precedence over your time with him. That's why your hard drives broke. Because he's trying to pull you out of that, and he's doing it in a gentle way. And I've said before, and, and he's and he think he believes before that the Lord's rebuked him. And I said, you know, if you've had that warning before, it would be a good idea to turn around and not get caught up <laughs> in doing the same thing and making the same mistakes over and over and over again. So in the messages I was talking about earlier where um they are about letting go you know one good example i had on mother's day i uh i took my mother out for a late lunch early dinner and we went to the steakhouse nearby and when we walked in it was very strange i don't know if this changed since covid because the last time i was there it seemed that um when you walked in and sat down they would come up a waitress would come up to you and take your drink order and they would ask you what you wanted or give you menus well this time we came in and sat down and there was no sign when we walked up and uh, we sat there for 15 minutes and nobody came so we had we found out we had to go order our food so then one of us had to keep the table since the area wasn't being monitored and people were coming and going so I sat at the table my mother goes up and orders her food and you know she's gone for 15 minutes then she gets back with a pager I have to go up and order my food and by that time there was a line. So I'm standing in line for a half hour and I ordered my food and I came back to the table and her food was ready in like, you know, five or ten minutes. Whereas I'm sitting there waiting for another half hour after waiting a half hour in line. So by the time my food was ready, she was almost done eating. And during that whole time, I was just sitting there staring at the table like I, I had this blank stare on my face and she thought that I was upset with her. Because she was eating, and I wasn't. And she's like, you know, don't make me feel bad over this. Oh, I'm sorry, you know, because she knows I don't really like going out. And this is one of the reasons I don't like going out, because I've recognized that since this whole pandemic started that nothing is the same anymore. I mean, and it's not even just restaurants, it's just in everything. I'm noticing it on the phone, I'm noticing it whenever I call to have something done, or I go into a bank, or do, you know, just trying to do anything anymore seems like it's a long, drawn-out disaster, and I prefer to try to avoid that as much as possible, because I desire peace, and I desire peace with other people, you know. If something upsets me, it has an eff- it can have an effect on the way I feel overall, and then I just want to be alone, I don't want to be around people, because I'm not going to spread my I'm not going to spread my sadness and frustrations among others when I feel that way, but I was just sitting there at the table, and I was thinking to myself, I was reflecting, there is no such thing as normal anymore, the process for anything and everything, no matter what I do, takes forever, it seems, and on the way home, you know, long story short, I mean, I eventually got my food, which was great, it was delicious, it always has been at that place, but just everything was mismatched, and then I was having to hurry up and eat (laughs) To be caught up with her. And so then on the way home, I was just staring off, you know, with a blank stare again. And I was just feeling very sad. And I didn't really know how to feel about everything. And I asked the Lord why I was feeling so sad. And he said, You desire happiness, my son. You desire peace and order. The world cannot provide it for you. It is the weight on your heart in reflection to all that has changed as you are learning to let go. You are dying to the world as you see everything you once new change before you. Take comfort in me, my son. I am all you need. Well, in between that time and then um, when I got the white horse message given to me, I was—I caught myself reflecting yet again. Um, you know, there was one morning shortly after just knowing where things were going. I thought oh, to myself, well, you know, oh, I wish I had spent more time trying to wake people up. I wish I had spent more time talking about these things. I wish I had done that, you know. Basically, along the whole, kind of, coulda, woulda, shoulda. And the Lord began speaking to me again. He said, Son, it is not my will for you to hold on to the past. Why do you continue to reflect on that which has been forgiven? You have died to this world and have become anew in me. Let it go, my son. A new season has begun, and that which has passed shall never be again. All of my children must learn to let go, as all they knew has changed. In this season, your life in me is all that matters. Many of my people are clouded by the weight of deceit. They cling to that which is emotionally satisfying, but I am all the peace they need. If my people cling to what the world offers in this season, this will surely lead to their demise. If they cling to me, they shall find eternal life. This is what inspired me because I had been going through this and because I have kind of been going through this in the last week. After having the revelation I did and I've been thinking on a lot of things and how I can see people trying to hold on to what they once knew. And I'm what I'm seeing is there seems to be a lack of wisdom. There seems to be a lack of discernment. And we need to be careful that we're not holding on to we're not that we don't love the world so much and the things in it that we're lusting after it. That we're literally like clinging on to it. Because that's going to lead to a lot of heartache. And it could lead to a great falling away if people aren't careful about what they're thinking about, if they're desiring that much to hang on to that which they knew, even in the face of death. Say that they're told to relocate to another area or they're told to give up their job for their own safety because it's not safe to be among others. Because as things get crazier and crazier out there, People are going to become very unstable emotionally. And the danger of getting caught up in your emotions is you can make reckless decisions. You will do things that you otherwise normally wouldn't have done. uh, Much of them lying within sin. And even causing harm to others with what you say or actions you take. And we need to be careful not to fall into that trap. Because we know that we're living in the last days, and we never know when we're going to be called home due to any event. Um, The Lord has recently given me another revelation that I have not written on yet. This was the night before last, after I had gotten done writing the Letting Go blog. I was uh, laying in bed, and I'm not going to give it away on this podcast, but let's just say that the event is celestial. It's coming upon the earth. outer space it's not it's not something that's on the earth it's it's an event that's going to scare many and this is just another example of why we need to be ready why we need to have the wedding garments on why we need to not be holding on to life so much that we're willing to do reckless things or take careless actions Or not move to safety if the Lord is pushing us to move to safety. Now, in my writing, where I was talking about letting go, I mentioned Ecclesiastes and Proverbs. And the reason that I mention those those, uh, chapters in those books in the Holy Word is because there is much wisdom to be had. If you read those in regards to chasing things like the wind, chasing after the past, holding on to a memory and hoping that it's going to happen again or that you can redo things over again and i wanted to read some of these to you and i've been i go back and forth between the king james uh the new king james and the new living translation as i always recommend and encourage uh, if you want to go along in any translation that you prefer then i suggest doing that but let's take a look at some of the verses in ecclesiastes and i'll expand on them um, some of them speak for themselves, but Ecclesiastes 1 verses 14 and 15, I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and indeed all is vanity and grasping for the wind. Verse 15, what is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be numbered. So in verse 14 and 15 alone, if you're chasing after vanity, there's no point. Because no matter how much, how beautiful you try to make yourself, no matter how much you try to impress somebody, it's pointless. It's pointless because it's not, there's no, there's no substance to it. There's no salt to it. You're just chasing the wind. You're grabbing it, you know, grass after it's been cut. There's nothing to grab hold of. There's nothing of of substance to take hold of. And in verse 15, when it says, what is crooked cannot be made straight. And what is lacking cannot be numbered. There are too many things that are wrong to keep track of, to keep worry about it. There's too much that has to be made right to try to chase the past and be concerned that, well, we have to do this. And, oh, well, if we get this politician and they're going to change it, and if we if we just do this and we just do that, oh, it'll go back to normal. I can be left alone. I can relax on my lazy boy. And I don't. I can watch TV. And I can hang out with my friends. And, you know, no. That's not the way forward, especially in the season we're in now. Just like verse 17 and you know, verse 17 and 18, I fall into because when I pray, I constantly ask our Heavenly Father for wisdom and I thank Him for the wisdom that He's given me. And there's an upside to that and there's a downside to that. The upside to that, because wisdom is priceless, knowing Jesus, that's priceless, knowing what's coming, seeing what's here and relating it to the word as it pertains, all of that is priceless value in knowing because it helps you make wise decisions. It helps keep you safe. Verse 17 says, and I set my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this is also grasping for the wind. You know, in other words, it's saying you want to know and you want to know and you want to know. And since I was a little kid, I've always been an inquisitive mind. I've always wanted to know, you know, what's going to happen in the future. Where's everything going? but you know when you start to know these things and when you start to find them out and when you start to when they when they're revealed to you a lot of that can lead to worry and so in certain ways i can see why when you might tell somebody about something they it's like they don't want to know they want to sweep it under the rug they don't have an interest to talk about it or they want to pretend it's not happening now to a degree i can understand that but you also don't want to be too far to one extreme because then if you don't know what's coming, and you don't know what to expect, and you don't know what time it is, you stand a chance of being led into danger and being deceived, and that can also be a dangerous trap. But it says, to continue, I perceive that this is also grasping for the wind. And then verse 18, like that I was just talking about, for in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. When... These events that are coming, when I get revelation, you know, people think, you know, you you walk in this way, and they might, well, I'm not saying that they do think that, but people sometimes believe that those of us who give the prophetic messages or get them given to us take some sort of joy in that. And, you know, I'm just going to tell you right now, no, we don't. I'm, it's a very sombering responsibility to get the messages out to you and try it as we may not. We also have concerns as well. You know, we're, we're human just like you. We, um, we have a gift and our gift is to share because through that sharing, we can also encourage with what's coming, what the solution is. And that is the redemption in Christ Jesus. But. There's a lot of times I'm sad because at the end of the day, I don't want to see people destroyed. I don't want to see people destroyed for lack of knowledge. And the word says that people do suffer and they die because of their lack of knowledge. Because they believe not to know the truth that could save them. And so it leads to Ecclesiastes 2.17, where it says, so I came to hate life because everything done here under the sun is so troubling. Everything is meaningless, like chasing the wind. So you have to have that healthy balance when you have wisdom. You use it to make good decisions. You use it so that you're not making unrighteous decisions. And you use it to make decisions that are going to benefit you. And you try to offer advice to others. You don't want to get caught up in it to the fact that you say, what's the point and throw it up. But it does come to a point where there are certain things that are not going to be revealed. I mean, not those of us who get the prophetic messages, those of us who get revelations given to us, um, you know, not everything is revealed to one person. I might get something. uh, My dear sister Glinda might get something. And another brother and sister, unbeknownst to me or unknown to me, might get something. And one time I asked the Lord, when I was in prayer, I asked him, why is it that One person might get a vision or get a dream or get a word about an asteroid, for example. Or a tidal wave, for example. And then I might get something about people not listening and different events or something or things being turned upside down. He told me that if he gave all the revelations to one person, they would be overwhelmed. And it would lead to depression. It, It would be too much for one person to handle. So he might he might give the same thing to one or two people, and then they're in agreement. And the word says, let my children be in agreement. And it says, let the truth be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. And in what's coming, we also need to understand that there's no sense in fighting it and playing denial because... When we move on to ecclesiastes 3:15, it says what is happening now has happened before and what will happen in the future has happened before because god makes the same things happen over and over again and if you look in the book of genesis chapter one you know god made the heavens and the earth and so what was in the beginning there was sin and he felt sorry about making humans at first because until jesus came along They were hopeless, and all they could do was sin. They couldn't do good. And so when you read the Old Testament, he says not one person does good, not one single person. When I think about what's coming in my life in Christ, and what he said to me, you know, your life is anew in me, you have died to the world. It says in Ecclesiastes 7 verse 4, a wise person thinks a lot about death, while a fool thinks only about having a good time. And then verse 10, this, this is key to what I'm talking about altogether. Don't long for the good old days. This is not wise. Verse 13 goes on to say, Except the way God does things. For who can straighten what he has made crooked? Only God can straighten out what's crooked. And let's admit it, there's a lot that's crooked in the world right now. There can't be anybody out there who's saying that things are going back to normal. Because they're only getting worse from what I've been shown and what I see. and Here's another good one because this is where we are. Enjoy prosperity while you can, but when hard times strike, realize that both come from God. Remember that nothing is certain in life. Verse 29, God created people to be virtuous, but they have each turned to follow their own downward path. And kind of how it is right now, um, you know, we're warning people get right with God, get right with the Lord. Call on the Lord. Stop looking to the world. Stop playing around in the world. Take this seriously. Because once these things happen, you can't be grasping at those who know the time and expecting them to do anything for you. Because it'll be too late. Not too late altogether, but you're going to have a hard time getting a crash course in the midst of chaos than you would if you are taking it seriously while there's peace. Because once the peace is removed and you're thinking about day to day survival, you know, evil is the day alone, you're going to have a real struggle getting it together. Now, do I believe that the Lord can perform miracles? Do I believe that He can rescue people from their troubles? Oh, yes, definitely. I do. I, you know, God can do anything He wants. And he does do miracles because he has to prove to the unbelievers that he is who he says he is. He remains faithful. But the point is, it's and I, and I mentioned this in a wedding uh, garments podcast, you know, it, it's not like a happy meal. The word learning to live by and abide by the Lord and what his word says is not like a happy meal given out. It's not like fast food. You can't just take a crash course and expect that things are going to start changing because you have to live it. You have to live the word and be of the word in order for things to start to change in your life for christ to do a spiritual circumcision on you and if you're holding on just thinking well it's gonna happen or this will happen because i'm trying to do things right that's not the same thing because that's not the same as living by the spirit when you're spending time abiding in his word he's establishing himself in you and that is the change that takes place because then you no longer have those desires because the spirit doesn't desire that the holy spirit fundamentally changes you it changes you into a new person it changes the way you think it changes the way you look at everything and when there's a million things going on at once it's going to be hard to have the time to reflect on that and you know going back to what's coming you need that time to reflect you need that time to take hold of wisdom so that it will give you discernment because you can't have one without the other wisdom is discernment they go hand in hand ecclesiastes 8 verse 7 and 8 say indeed how can people avoid what they don't know what is going to happen none of us can hold back our spirit from departing none of us has the power to prevent the day of our death there is no escaping that obligation that dark battle and in the face of death wickedness will certainly not rescue the wicked." And so that goes hand in hand with being of the Lord and knowing his word and that you're carrying it out, that you are not considered one of the wicked. And another thing with all the injustice going on, you know, verse 11 says, when a crime is not punished quickly, people feel it is safe to do wrong. And it's the same when people aren't listening. You know, I started trying to wake people back up in uh, 2009, 2010, and I felt like when they weren't listening, uh, you know, I I'd often would struggle and fight and say, oh, you know, what's the point? Why am I doing this? Because it's not doing any good. Here I am putting my life on hold to try to wake up people who just want to laugh at me and think I'm wearing a tinfoil hat. Well, that didn't exactly age well. Here we are 11 years later. But what we need to know is repentance. Because verse 12 says, but even though a person sins a hundred times and still lives a long time, I know that those who fear God will be better off. So that's what we need to take away. That is a key takeaway from what I'm talking about today, in that we need to be fearful of him in the judgment he brings, not holding on to our life where we're submitting to evil because we want to hang on to normalcy, because we think that somehow we're on the winning team. Evil is not going to win. The word promises that much. So going back to what my friend said, well, how you know, are we gonna see God's justice or are we going to see things happen to those who are doing this to us? And, and it's like that's honestly to I and I was more or less along the lines, like, that's not gonna matter. Because once I'm no longer here on earth, I know what God's word says. I can rest in that. I don't have to see destruction of those who had the chance to repent and they chose it not. They still chose to take part in the evil. They have a choice to make. The word's available to everybody, which I'm sure at some point they're going to say it's racist and it needs to be canceled just like everything else. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13 and 14. That's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. So you see, it doesn't matter how somebody acts on the surface. Because God knows their heart. God knows if somebody listening to this is scoffing. Making fun of me reading the word. And thinking, oh, that doesn't surely apply to me. Well, you'll see about that if that's what you think. I don't have to prove God's word. God will prove his word in time. And those times are rapidly approaching. And when it comes to knowing the wisdom of understanding these things. To understanding how it all comes together james 1 verses 5 and 6 say if you need wisdom ask our generous god and he will give it to you he will not rebuke you for asking but when you ask him be sure that your faith is in god alone do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind so you can't ask for something and then think because you asked one time or two times or said a quick our father prayer for five seconds that you're going to get your answer because it doesn't work that way when you pray you have to invest time into it it's like i was mentioning earlier with the word you can't just be quick about it you can't just do crash courses and read one devotional it's that's not gonna those are meant to inspire but they do not take the place of the word that's to encourage you to continue your walk that is to encourage you to nail your sins to the cross, to pick up your cross and follow after Jesus and to be walking in his ways. I was recently asked how to hear the Lord. And I said, well, you have to live his will. You have to live the word, not just give lip service when you pray, not just say you're going to do something and then not do something. If you're serious about hearing from the Lord, it starts by studying his word to the point where he's establishing in you so that you can change the way you are so that you are walking in his will so that you are doing his will so that you are doing works by faith you're putting your faith in him that he's going to change you and therefore he manifests as you live his word you will hear from him and i've said before you know if you're in a bunch of sin you need to make it pure from the heart that you desire a true change and for him to establish himself and create in you a new heart. If you continue to go on and if you, if you just give lip service and you continue to keep doing the things you know that you shouldn't do, you're not going to get anywhere because all you're doing is make, it's, it's like if you had a friend and you said, well, yeah, tomorrow I'll take care of it or I'll do this or I'll get, yeah, I'll help you out. I'll, I'll give you a ride to this place or. You know, I'll buy you lunch, and then you don't do it. And if you repetitively keep saying, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I will, I will, I will. I used to have a friend a long time ago, like over twenty years ago, who said I will all the time. And I learned real quick, not to count on, when they told me that, because oftentimes they'd say I will, and the I will turned into I didn't or I couldn't, or one excuse after the other. The Lord doesn't want excuses. When you read his word And when you're calling on him, it has to be consistent in that it changes your heart. And when it changes your heart, that's when you'll change. And so I'm praying that I explain that in such a way that you can understand. And in going back to living by the word and wisdom, Proverbs 2, verse 1 through 15 say, My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding cry out for insight and ask for understanding search for them as you would for silver seek them like hidden treasures then you will understand what it means to fear the lord and you will gain knowledge of god for the lord grants wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding he grants a treasure of common sense to the honest he is a shield to those who walk with integrity He guards the paths of the just, and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you, understanding will keep you safe. Wisdom will save you from evil people, and from those whose words are twisted. These men turn away from the right way, to walk down dark paths. They take pleasure in doing wrong and they enjoy the twisted ways of evil. Their actions are crooked, and their ways are wrong. Let's go further. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, and verses 13 through 18. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths. All her ways are satisfying. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. I'm going to go further. Verse 21 through 26. My child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Hang on to them. For they will refresh your soul they are like jewels on a necklace they keep you safe on your way and your feet will not stumble you can go to bed without fear you will lie down and sleep soundly you need not be afraid of sudden disaster or the you need you need not be afraid of sudden disaster or the destruction that comes upon the wicked for the lord is your security he will keep your foot from being caught in a trap and in this season I felt it was also important to cover some different ones. Also, I'm going to add in Proverbs 4 here. Uh, Let's read verses 1 through 12. My children, listen when your father corrects you. Pay attention and learn good judgment, for I am giving you good guidance. Don't turn away from my instructions, for I too was once my father's son, tenderly loved as my mother's only child. My father taught me, take my words to heart, follow my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, develop good judgment. Don't forget my words, or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her, and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do, and whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her, and she will honor you. She will place a lovely wreath on your head. She will present you with a beautiful crown. My child, listen to me and do as I say and you will have a long good life. I will teach you wisdom's ways and lead you in straight paths. When you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. Then, verse 14 through 17, Don't do as the wicked do. Don't follow the paths of evildoers. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving. For evil people can't sleep until they've done their evil deed for the day. They can't rest until they've caused someone to stumble. They eat the food of the wickedness and drink the wine of violence. What did you see last year in 2020 in the summer? Can you not say that those caught up in those sins of burning buildings down and destroying property were not drinking the wine of violence, calling for the end of police, calling what they were doing good, you know, I've, uh. Read the quote many times and actually I should put this up on my computer on a, one of these yellowed post-its. This is woe unto them who twist darkness for light and call evil good because that's essentially the times we're living in now. Everything has been turned upside down and people are loving the idols of the world more than they love the peace and love of Jesus Christ and eternal salvation and eternal life with him. And as far as knowing what we're going into, Wisdom, in that sense, is going to be important. We don't want to be caught unaware. We don't want the evil day to catch us unaware. We don't want the coming of the Lord to catch us unaware. Psalm 32, verses 8 through 10 say, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. You want to have that mercy in the days we're going into. You don't want to be caught as part of the wicked. You don't want the judgments of the wicked to fall on you. You want to try to remain as spotless as possible and patient endurance, knowing what's here and having that wisdom is what's going to be your best friend in this time, in this season. And when we continue on in Proverbs 4, verse 23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Verse 25 says, Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Being aware of what's evil, like I was just mentioning, is part of that. And being able to discern what is of the Lord and what is not is going to help you greatly in the times we're going into you know i didn't see that at the time i uh, was writing about the wedding garments or doing the podcast on that with uh, glenda lomax i didn't know that it was all going here i didn't understand at that time why that was happening why he where he was leading me i just know that i was told to keep talking about it i felt led to keep talking about this because there are still many who are not realizing what time it is there's still many who are asleep they're not awake They're still living in darkness. They're still holding on and clamoring to that, which they've essentially been brainwashed to believe is right. And that presents a real danger because when things start going wrong, like I was saying earlier, you don't want to be caught unawares. You want to be walking properly with the Lord so you know what to do. You know how to respond. I believe this is why there's a separation taking place right now for that reason, because You know, my own brother, I'll tell him where things are sometimes, and he just rolls his eyes, almost as if in denial. And, you know, there's only so much I can say. I can only speak what I'm told to speak. I can't. It's like the verse I just read from Psalms. You can't. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make the horse drink. And much in the same way, I can tell you, I can sit here for an hour and tell you what's coming. I can tell you, I can read you these verses about wisdom, but you have to decide what you're going to do. You can't say that you didn't know once you heard. So let's read from Proverbs eight, one through fourteen. Listen as wisdom calls out. Hear as understanding raises her voice. On the hilltop, along the road, she takes her stand at the crossroads. By the gates, at the entrance to the town, on the road leading in, she cries aloud I call to you, all of you people. I raise my voice to all people, you simple people, use good judgment. You foolish people, show some understanding. Listen to me, for I have important things to tell you. Everything I say is right, for I speak the truth, and detest every kind of deception. Remember, I've been talking about the deceptions that are running rampant right now. Verse 8 goes on. My advice is wholesome. There is nothing devious or crooked in it. My words are plain to anyone with understanding. Clear to those with knowledge. Choose my instruction rather than silver, and knowledge rather than pure gold. In other words, the Lord's wisdom is more valuable and priceless than anything of this world, and that is part of letting go, because you're holding on to the hope in Jesus, you're holding on to that eternal salvation, not materialistic things, not ideals that are going nowhere. Verse 11 continues, for wisdom is far more valuable than rubies, nothing you desire can compare with it. Verse 12 says, I, wisdom, live together with good judgment. I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. Remember, I said that earlier, that they go hand in hand. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption, and perverse speech. Common sense and success belong to me. Insight and strength are mine. Verse 17 says, I love all who love me. Those who search... Surely find me. And, you know, the hope that is in everything that is coming is that when you're walking in the way that you should with Christ our Lord, we have overwhelming victory. He overcame the world. And He gives us these instructions because of His love for us. Romans 8, verses 32 through 39 say, Since He, He is God, did not spare even His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, won't He also give us everything else? Who dares to accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, or are persecuted, hungry, destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed, nothing in all creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. My friends, that is the value in knowing Jesus and abiding in him, his promises that he tells us about in John 15 for abiding in his ways. And when the many deceptions present, knowing the wisdom to hold on to those promises, to know what is false and what is real, to know the truth that is in Jesus versus the lies that are of Satan. And in the world, we want to make sure that we're walking in his ways, that he is the light unto our path, that we have the oil in our lamp to understand how to contend with these situations and how to endure them. And up until now, a lot of what's been happening has been as a result to get people's attention, to show them what time it is so that they will slow down. I know a lot of people personally who have had things happen in their lives because They uh, just kept going on and on. And then when it happens, they're wondering, well, what happened? What happened? Well, anytime something happens that isn't good or what we perceive not to be good, I mean, it's really a blessing when it comes to the Lord, because he'll do things to get our attention, to make us reflect on ourselves. And a lot of times if we're unaware, we'll try to fill that gap Fill that void with more sin just to feel better. But what he really wants us to do is to turn it to him. And so it is my prayer that you will understand what I'm saying here, and if that is you, that you will turn to the Lord, that you will confess your sins, and that you will call on him with a whole heart, and ask him to come into your life. His word says in Revelation three twenty, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, if any man hear my voice, and open the door, I will come into him, and will sup with him, and he with me. So if you are feeling a conviction in what I say, and if you are wondering where things are and what you need to do, it starts with calling on the Lord Jesus, and confessing your sins, and letting him know, calling on him to truly change you, pouring out your heart to him, realizing where you've gone wrong, and changing from there. Friends, it is my prayer that this podcast has blessed you today. And now in closing, I'd like to pray for all my listeners. Lord, Father in heaven, I lift up to you the, those who are listening. I pray that the words said here, the one verse, the one word, the one revelation I've given through you, that you empower me to do this podcast, that it will change their heart, that it will call on them as a conviction to call upon you and welcome you into their heart that they may begin the process of healing and change lord father we may not know where things are going we may not have all the answers we may not know what's going to happen tomorrow versus what's going to happen today but lord we know in you what is true and we know in you what comes and we know the promises of victory you give us in your holy word And Lord, I ask you to bless each and every listener to this podcast, all my readers at Innocence Redeemed, including those who are hurting, lonely, poor, wherever they may be, whenever they may hear this, that they may be lifted up to you, Lord. I lay them at your feet, that you will call upon them to make wise decisions, that you will call them into your presence, and that they will find your grace and your mercy and forgiveness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Guys, thank you for listening. It is my prayer that you have a great week and stay safe out there. Jesus bless you.